Well, I love that missionary, Liam. How many like that missionary, Liam? I was a missionary, but I don't ever remember doing this. Is Liam in here? Where are you, Liam? That's good. I learned something new. I didn't, didn't know you were supposed to do that. <laughs> That's great. So looking forward to many, many more of those video clips. Folks, what a fantastic weekend. Janet said her feet are killing her and mine are killing me, and I think there's a lot of people like that. Um, I'd like everyone who was involved in helping to make the weekend a reality. Uh, if you were... You're doing anything, setting up chairs, decorating, helping with the food. Or we just quickly stand up. I just want to see all the people. Yeah, go ahead. Just stand. Look at this. Fantastic. Give them all a hand. Would you do that? We do appreciate so much uh, everyone's involvement. Now, next week, we're going to be beginning, a brand, be beginning a brand new series. And I hope that you all got your bulletin because it gives you an introduction as to what to expect. And... It's called the Day of Atonement. Now, for some of you sharp cookies who are up on your, your Jewish theology, you'll know that the Day of Atonement is not celebrated at Easter time. We actually, uh, you'll recognize that it's Passover that's supposed to be celebrated at Easter time. But in fact, you're going to discover that the Day of Atonement and the Passover and all the Jewish feasts are fulfilled in what Jesus Christ does at the cross at Easter time. So we're absolutely thrilled about this. And we're going to talk about why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Why was that necessary? Because I know that we've got a lot of people who come to our church who maybe are brand new Christians or maybe haven't yet made a commitment to Christ. And they're wondering, you know, I love the parts about relationships and getting along with one another. But what about the, you know, that the deeper religious part of it? Um, that's what we want to address. Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? So we're going to look at some of the fundamental principles of our faith. But here's what I want you to know this morning. I want to share with you the last words that Jesus spoke on the cross. And here they are, John 19.30. These are the very last words that Jesus uttered. And he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and released his spirit. Now you can imagine that his disciples and his loved ones that were actually at the cross, I think that maybe just John was at the cross with, uh, with Jesus' mother and some of the other more intrepid disciples, they hear these words, it is finished. And I'm, I'm sure that they wondered, what on earth does that mean? In fact, it probably, uh, it, it probably made them think that all was lost, that it was all over that all the work that Jesus had done those three years on earth had all come to nothing, was finished. But here's what we recognize now after the resurrection. We understand that what Jesus is talking about is that his mission is finished. The work that he came to this earth to do is finished. And this is, these are his last words. It's finished. It's, or it is complete. My work is done. Now, that's what he meant. It didn't mean that, that he was finished. It meant that his work was finished. And it meant that we have a mission to do. And how do I know that? Because here are Jesus' last words to his disciples after the resurrection. So before he died, or just before he died, he said it's finished. And then after he dies and is resurrected, he says this in Mark chapter 16. Look at this. 
And then he told them, read it with me, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. So here's what you and I need to understand. If, in fact, you call yourself a believer today, and I'm not going to ask anybody to raise your hand, but if you say today, Pastor Allen, FYI, I am a Christian, I am a follower of Christ, then here's what you need to know. This mission is for you. This is your job. And for too many of us, it's too easy to sit on the sidelines and say, well, this does not apply to me. It applies to somebody else. But the fact of the matter is, it applies to every single one of us. And it's for this reason, your pastor, Pastor Alan Duncalf, keeps driving this every year and throughout the course of the year. This is our job to go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, Everyone, would you tell the person beside you? Everyone, go ahead, tell them that, just in case they didn't get it. It's not just for North America, it's not just for Western nations, it's for? Say it again. Thank you, thank you. Now, here's what you need to see here Jesus says to go into all the world and preach what? The gospel, well, in the verse it doesn't say gospel. What does it say? Good news. Now, here's the problem with so much uh, preaching. Preachers too often have communicated not a good news as much as a bad news. And this, is, this has turned off people from, from the gospels, turned people off from the church. Uh, I'm not saying all people, because for some people it's been very effective for, in some strange way. But for many of us, we don't want someone, a preacher to come along and say, turn or burn, right? You, you don't like that. You don't want to hear that. You, 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 God's angry at you, and if you don't repent, then you're going to hell. I mean, that's bad news. What Jesus has called us to do is to share good news. There was a, a play that came out in the uh, early 80s. And it came to the first church that I pastored in. And, uh, and the, the point of the play was to scare the living daylights out of people. And then at the end of the play, the pastor would say, if anybody wants to make sure you're going to heaven, come forward. And so, you know, everybody, I mean, almost everybody wants to come forward. Even people in Christians for years, they want to come forward because they just want to make sure that they're not going to hell. So my job at that time was to follow up all these people who came to make a decision. And here's what I discovered. That within just about 24 to 48 hours after people had come forward to make a decision at that play that scared the daylights out of people, they decided that they weren't interested. Now there's a reason for that. Because Jesus has called us to show the love of God, to demonstrate the compassion and the mercy of God. Nobody here has ever gotten married because they were scared silly into marrying somebody, unless you've got crazy parents. But, and if you do, just no. <laughs> you married that person, why? Because of love. Or at least that's the way it's supposed to be. 
Well, guess what? When you enter into a relationship with God, it's supposed to be the same thing. You enter into that relationship with God because of love. So Jesus tells us then to go and preach the good news. And the good news is this. God is a good God. God is good. Ah, you know that. God is good all the time. That's the good news. Because there's some people who have this notion, this idea that God is not a good God, that he's, he's, uh, he's Shakespeare's Shylock with uh, demanding his pound of flesh. That's not God. The good news is God loves you. Tell the person beside you, God loves you. Yeah, that's, okay, look at this, look at this. You can tell me that too if you like. Thank you, thank you. The good news is that God has made a way for us to enter into a relationship with him. And how do we, what is that way? Through Jesus Christ. In fact, that's why Christianity was at one time called the way. It was called the way before it was called Christianity. God made that way. That's the good news. You and I can enter into relationship with God again because God has made a way through Jesus Christ. The good news is that Jesus Christ has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light. Someone say hallelujah. That's the good news. And this is what Jesus meant when he said, it is finished, or mission accomplished, or mission complete. I'm going to tell you this, folks. The moment that Jesus died on that cross, the moment he died... He broke the power of Satan's hold over us, over anyone who puts their faith in Christ. That is the good news. And that's what we're going to be talking about for the next month. We're going to be talking about what Jesus Christ has done for us because he went to the cross. That's the good news. The good news is this, because I know some of you, maybe your hearts are far from God, and you think, man, I failed God one too many times, and there's just no point in trying anymore. But I want you to know this today. No matter how far away you feel from God, the good news is that if you know the name of Jesus, all you have to do is call in his name and ask him to forgive you. And the Bible said that he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's the good news. The good news is that God has got a plan for your life and for my life. Some of us have been through horrible, horrible circumstances. Some of us have experienced abuse as children. Some of us have, have, have known terrible poverty. Things have happened to you that you don't want to tell anybody about. Some of us have struggled with addictions. And here's what you need to know about God. God is not sitting in his heaven saying, you stupid, wicked, evil child. Judgment will rain down on you. He doesn't say that. It says that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. This morning... I have, I have just some wonderful news. Because we often talk about what's happening abroad over in Burundi and up in Garden Hill and in Zambia and Costa Rica and Mexico. But do you know that we have a mission going on here? A lot of people don't realize that. We have a mission going on here every day of the year. 
365 days a year. We've got a mission going on in this part of Winnipeg. It's called the Cross Church Mission. We also have missions over in Burundi and other places, but we also have a mission going on here. And we've got people here who are busy sharing the gospel, the good news about Jesus' love, with people who are, are suffering and have gone through difficult times. And so I'd like to invite Elisipi and the board, uh, the, the board of Elders to come, and also Marilyn, if you'd come. Come and join me right now, because Elisipi is one of those people who's been part of our family here and has experienced the love of God in, in amazing ways. And this church has just been a family to Elisipi. Wouldn't you say that, Elisipi? You've got a family here? And we love you. And the good news is that Marilyn Wedlake has been like a mother, a friend, a sister to you, has stood beside you. And Alyssa P. is going to be going to Teen Challenge in Brandon. You're leaving on Monday? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? We are so excited about that, Alyssa P. Um, We want to pray for you. Alyssa, do you know that God loves you? Very much. Yeah. And... With all his heart and yeah, soul. That's right. Yeah. And tell me, Elisipi, uh, do you know that God's got good things in store for you? God has, uh, has a plan. Yeah, what's his plan? Uh, plans for good and not for evil. Plans for a hope and a future. Wow. 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 Put that verse up, would you please? That's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Look what it says here. This, this is the good news, people. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you future and a hope. Hallelujah. And that applies to all of us, Elisipi, doesn't it? It does. So we're going to pray for you right now. So guys, if you just want to gather around here, and I'm going to pray. God, I just want to say thank you for Elisipi's life. I want to say thank you, God, that she's heard the good news, that you're a loving God. You care about her. You want her to have a great future. Thank you, God, that you've got great plans for her. And part of your plan was to bring her to this family called Cross Church, to send her on her way. To give her a future, to give her hope and give her courage so that, God, she can do all the things that you wanted her to do in this life. God, you've given this girl gifts And there's a special work that you have for her to do. Thank you, God, that Marilyn has has had the time and the love for this sister of ours and that Marilyn has poured so much into her life. And now, God, (laughs) we just want to send Alyssa P. away with our blessing and our love. And we pray that you bring her back to us safely, healed and whole. In Jesus' name. Everyone said it with me? Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Folks, this is the gospel. Now, here's what you and I also need to understand is that This gospel is disseminated, not by accident. It requires going. Would you put that verse back up again, please? Jesus says, go. 
Go is an action word. It requires action on your part and mine. It requires a lot of action. It requires your time. It requires your effort and your energy. It requires your money. It requires prayer. And here's what I know, because this is something, this is, this is where I get pushback in the ministry as a pastor. People saying, Pastor, stop asking. Stop asking. Stop, stop pushing. Stop driving. Just let me come and relax. See, I'd love to do that, except that my master says, go. My master does not call me to come and take it easy. Is, there, is everybody with me here? You know, I don't know about that. Pastor, I know a church where I can go and relax and not have to do anything. Well, you know what? I know that. And it's something that I struggle with all the time. I just want you to know that. But at the end of the day, after I've met with God and I have come face to face with God, I hear my master say, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. And so your pastor here today tells you that he can do nothing other than continue to drive and drive and push and ask. Not for me, but for Christ's sake. Go. I asked, the, asked Taryn to get together with some of the people who were working so hard and to tell me how many man hours it took to put this weekend on, just this weekend. And she reported about 906 hours. 906 hours. So we're talking, folks, about one person working for half a year to make this happen. Now you get a, a picture, an idea. For one person, it's onerous. One person would take them six months to do everything that's happened here. I think, personally, 906 hours is probably a very conservative number. But if we're all working together, it's amazing what we can all do together for the glory of God. And so we ask all of you to participate. We ask all of you to get involved. Janet Chow, when she started working with us here at the church, she quickly recognized that one of the great needs here is a need for volunteers. We need more people to get the work done. And so she organized and created a strategy. We call it the serving ministry. And some of you have been to her classes. And she's going to be having more classes, inviting more people to come. But basically what she's doing, she's trying to help everybody discover what their God-given gift is. Is, uh, is uh, Deb Barrett in here? Where's Deb? There she is. Deb, her life has been revolutionized. She went and filled in. She did the gifts test. She met with, with Janet, and she discovered that, that God has, has given her these amazing gifts and abilities that she is special in the sight of God and she's got a work to do. She couldn't stop talking about it. On fire for God. I'm going to tell you folks, the reason she's so excited about that is because she's been created in the image of God and created before she was born, the Bible says, to do good works for the glory of God. And it's not just Deb. It's everybody who calls himself or herself a Christian. So why do we work so hard? You know that all of the staff, they put in at least 10 hours volunteer work every week. Not just during a weekend like this, but throughout the course of the year. In fact, many of us put in far more than 10 hours of volunteer hours a, a week. We don't get paid for that. Why do we do it? Folks, because Jesus said, go. That's why we do it. Why do we put on a weekend like this? Because Jesus said, 
go. Why do we sponsor children? Because Jesus said go. Every year we ask everybody to come together for one day in the course of the whole year, and we ask you to give a donation of $70 for World Missions. And I still, I still hear this. I've been hearing it for 15 years. That's a lot of money to pay for a banquet. And I'm, I, I want to say, look, it's, you're not paying for a meal. You are giving a donation, a one-time donation through the course of 365 days. Someone do the math. How much money is that per day over 365 days? We're talking pennies, people. One time a year, I'm asking you, come and make a donation of only $70 to help us do world missions. Why do we do it? Because Jesus said, go. And when you come together and give your donation of $70, which, is, which you get a receipt for, 100% of it, when you come, we give you a free meal. And boy, wasn't that a good meal this year? How many would say that was an amazing meal? Yeah. Any, do we have any Ukrainians here? I've got Ukrainian blood in me. How many would agree that those were the most amazing pierogies ever? Would you agree with that? Yeah. Why do we do it? Because Jesus said go. We give you a free meal. We give you an amazing presentation. We decorate for you. We, we reveal new plans. We reveal new vision, new efforts, new work. We make it fun. We give you an opportunity to come together to celebrate with us. Why do we do it? Because Jesus said Go. We had the kids this year, and I, you know what? We were wondering if we'd ever do it again, but I, I haven't discussed this with the staff yet, but I don't think we got a choice. These kids' lives were impacted. Their lives will never be the same. They participated in the very heart of who and what we are as a church because Jesus said, go. We invited people to sign up for a missions trip, to help them make an impact in Burundi and Garden Hill? Why do we do it? Because someone wants to take a holiday? I can tell you right now, folks, I've been to Burundi a number of times. Dennis, how many times have you been to Burundi? 10 or 12 times. Is it a holiday? It's not a holiday. <laughs> if I, thank you. I, loved, I, did not, I did not rehearse that with him in advance. <laughs> Did you hear him say no? It wasn't just no, it was no. <laughs> the poorest nation on the earth, arguably the poorest nation, there's, there's a few that are competing for first place in that. Arguably the poorest nation in the world. There's nothing there. There's just nothing. You land and then you sweat and get dust in your eyes, your teeth, your hair, your skin. That's it. Why do we do it? Deb, you signed up for another trip this year to Burundi. It's not Israel. I'm just warning you. It's not even the Philippines. Why do we do it? Because Jesus said go. That's why we do it. Why do we ask you to, to give? I always say that I'm proud to ask and I'm proud to give. I love that sign that was on the lawn of the synagogue over on Wellington Crest. It says, proud to ask and proud to give. I, I mean, I love that. I wish I could put that on our boulevard, except we don't have one. <laughs> proud to ask and proud to give. So here's what we were able to raise last this weekend, folks. We were able to raise $34,575.25. Wow. 
And you know what? One of our big donors was unable to, to give this year. And guess what? It did not affect the bottom line in any way, which utterly blew me out of the water. That's right. Un- unbelievable. But folks, it gets better. We were hoping that we would be able to sponsor 13 kids each night. Hopefully, hoping to get 13 kids each night. Over the course of the weekend, we were able to sponsor 31 children. Sergio Bersaglio said, getting, getting people to sponsor kids is almost impossible nowadays because there's so many agencies that are competing. You've got World Vision, you've got Compassion International. Chris, you probably know the rest of them. I can't remember them all. But for one church, one weekend to get 31 kids, it just mind-boggling. He could not believe it. And Dennis called Delson immediately and told him the good news. Delson is over the moon. In fact, I think that Delson and the, and the people in Burundi right now, they're meeting with all the... Th- uh, how many churches are there, Dennis? 30 churches are meeting. They're meeting, I think, today to discuss the partnership with Cross Church. Because they're saying, we want your help, Cross Church. We want your system of making disciples. How many know what our system is? It's the... Seven habits, that's our system. This is teaching people what it means to follow Christ. They say, we want in on this, we want help. And so they're meeting today to discuss and to vote on the agency agreement that Janet was talking about last night. It's absolutely mind-boggling. And why are we doing it? Because we don't have enough to do? We are, we are going night and day. It just isn't, we thought, well, you know what? When we hit February or part of January that we'll get a bit of a break, it's been nonstop. Why do we do it? Because Jesus said go. I think of Dennis and Brenda Barrett. I got to single them out because uh, they, uh, they really have, have, have really shone in that area in terms of getting the bu- building ready. Um, I mean, I shouldn't start mentioning names because I'm thinking of Carolyn, who, since she's retired, has now unretired. Where's Carolyn? And now works harder now than she's ever done in her whole life. <laughs> I, I, but at least now she's really enjoying it. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> I know. I think I got that wrong somehow, but we can, we can clear that up later. Why did we do it? Because Jesus said, Go. It takes time, it takes effort, energy, money. It takes prayer. It takes some blood, sweat, and tears. But that's what it means to be a Christian. That's what you signed up for when you said, I want to follow. Barry, thank you for leading us in that song this morning. Where he goes, I'll go. Do you know, I did some simple calculations. 31 kids... I mean, at $37 per month, that's $444 per year per child. 31 kids over the course of a year is 13764 Chris, when he was working for Samaritan's Purse, told me that what they do, what World Vision does, is they calculate um, that that child will generate two years' worth of income. So that puts us at $27,528. That means, folks, that because of this weekend, we have raised $62,103.25. Hello? (laughs) 
But actually, it gets better than that because most people will have their children for more than two years. In fact, Dennis has told us that that he's got a couple of kids who have now graduated from, from high school who now are going on to get a job, and now he's ready to get some new kids. So if, if everybody's doing that, folks, or even half or even three quarters are willing to stick with their kids that long, folks, that means that we've raised over 100 grand this weekend, which is the most we have ever raised at a missions event. And we don't get anything. We don't get anything here except the joy and the satisfaction of knowing that we were willing to do what Jesus called us to do. Why do we do it? Because Jesus said, go. You know, (laughs) Lynn Hepner was sitting at our table on Friday night, and the child that was sitting in front of her, she kept looking at that child, looking at that child, and looking at it, and turning turning the card around. Do we have any cards on the table there? Anybody? No? Oh, give me one, please, real quick. On all the the tables, we had a, a picture of a child, and, uh, and then a little write-up on the back. And uh, she was looking at this child, and then suddenly she recognized that the child had her birthday. And she looked at me, and she said, Pastor Allen, God has just spoken to me. I was considering, considering it, considering it, considering it. And then suddenly I recognized, this little boy's got my birthday. She said, God spoke, and I knew what I had to do. And she went quickly and sponsored a child. The next day, I told everybody that on Saturday night. Barry says he's looking at the child, and the child has got Austin's birthday, Austin, her son Austin's birthday. So I'm assuming that Barry uh, sponsored that child. And if he hasn't... <laughs> this is what we're going to do. We'll start pressuring people into <laughs> sponsoring... Listen, if you want to sponsor a child, by the way, Janet's going to be sitting over there. You'll see the the lights on over there. She's going to be sitting there, and you can still sponsor children. I'm going to tell you, folks, we have just turned a massive corner in Burundi, and and, uh, Dennis just came to me before the service started, just so pumped, so excited. Folks, if you've been attending our, our church for any length of time, then you know that this is a church where you just can't sit around and do nothing. This, this is not a place you'll feel comfortable because we're constantly saying, okay, we've got to do this, we've got to do this, we've got to go here, we've got to go there. This church teaches believers that action is not an option. It's who we are, it's what we do, it's why we teach habits five and six. Habit five is serve, serve God and serve others. Habits, habit six is make disciples. It's why we teach habit number seven, which is give. And we don't apologize for it. Why? Well, first of all, none of us are getting rich off this. And secondly, it's because Jesus told us to do that. It's as plain and simple as that. Why do we do this? Because Jesus said, go. Now, I want to share one more thing but as we talk about going, and we're almost done. Jesus says to the disciples as he sent them out, look at this in um, Luke chapter 10, verses 2 to 3. These were Jesus' instructions to his disciples. He said, the harvest is great, but the, can I just stop for a moment? I tell you, there are times over the course of the weekend, we felt that. We felt the harvest is great, but the workers are few. We need you to get involved. We need you to talk to Janet and say, Janet, you know what? I said I was going to get involved, but then I've been making excuses. I need you now to get involved. 
Jesus needs you to get involved. Jesus instructs you to get involved. And because we believe in this so much, we follow the Lord's instructions. Jesus says, pray that the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, ask him to send more workers into his field. And then Jesus says, now go. Now go. This faith of ours is an action faith. It's not, none of this, well, my faith is private. I don't like to discuss it. That's baloney. That is absolute nonsense. This faith that we have is a faith that is through obedience. And we say, I'm, I'm signing up to serve. I'm signing up to go. I'm going to do what Jesus calls me to do. To all the world. Go into all the world, Jesus says. Let me just close with this. And then we're going to have communion together. And just, just a great way to end the weekend. Just celebrating what Jesus Christ has done on the cross because that is why we go. It's because of what Jesus did on the cross. You need, you, you need to know something about God. You need to know that God loves the nations. And I can prove it to you. All you have to do is pick up your Bible and read the last book of the Bible. Read the revelation of Jesus Christ. And you will discover that the writer of the Revelation uses a term over and over and over and over again. In fact, it's so often that it becomes conspicuous. And it's the word nations. The nations will bow down. The nations will worship Almighty God. The nations will come and kneel. The nations will declare the glory of God. It's the nations, the nations. Why is that? Because the Bible says, for God so loved the world. God loves the world. And when God looks at this globe, some of us have very strange notions that what matters on this earth are the redwood forests or the beautiful mountains or the rolling hills or whatever. I'm going to tell you what God sees when he looks at this planet. He looks at the people. Jesus did not come to die just for the animals and for the creation although we do know from Romans chapter 8 that the creation is looking forward to the day when Jesus returns because they'll be set free. But the Bible says that Jesus died for you, for humans, for you and me, for people. People matter to God. And here's what you and I need to understand. There's 2.5, there's seven, over 7 billion people on the planet right now and, and researchers say that at least 2.5 billion people have never heard the gospel, have never heard the good news. They haven't heard about Jesus who can set them free from the darkness that they're living in. 2.5 billion have never heard. Folks, this is why we do this. Because God loves this broken and hurting world. Do you know that there's a billion people who go to sleep every night hungry, malnutrition? A billion. Did you know that there are at least 18 billion children who've been orphaned because of AIDS? Some say, well, where is God? And I'm going to tell you where God is. Look at your hands this morning. Those are his hands. Look at your feet. Those are his feet. Look at your wallet. Those are his resources. And he wants you to use your hands and use your feet and use your resources. He wants you to go in his name as his representative so that when you go and you help that child who's malnutrition and you help that child who's been orphaned because his parents have died of AIDS, 
When you go, it'll cause people to praise your Father in heaven. That's what Jesus says. Go and be the salt and the light of the earth. And when you show up to help, it's going to cause people to say, there is a God in heaven who cares. There is a God who loves me. Chris, would you come to the piano right now? One of the things I try to do in all my messages, I try to have a strong application so that when you go from here, you know exactly what to do. Well, folks, if you don't know what to do after all of that, I mean, I can't help you. Well, I'll try. You can sign up to serve. You can sponsor a child. You can just give to make it possible to keep the lights on here. You can, you can sign up for a missions trip. You can say, Pastor Allen, I want to be a real solid follower of Jesus Christ. I want to go and bring the gospel to the whole world. Amen? Amen. So let's, uh, let's stand for a moment, stretch our legs, and then we're going, to, uh, we're going to go into prayer and have communion together. And here's what's going to happen, folks is uh, it's going to be kind of like a little bit of bedlam here today because we haven't got neat rows. But it's okay. It's like being at a potluck at my house. It's just like, yeah, you just kind of fit in there any way you can. But we're going to have a little bit of order. We're going to ask people to come along this way, come by the table, and if you could put the spotlight on the table there so everybody can see it. It's kind of the same as Good Friday. Just file by there. I'm going to have some of my elders standing by. If you need prayer, we'll, we'll anoint you with oil, pray for you. But just, just go around that way and then go around the, 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 just the circumference of the room and go back to your seat if you like. You can, uh, you can take the elements back to the table with you if you like. I would just want this to be a real organic, natural, like, like on the night when Jesus broke the bread and took the cup. Just relax in the presence of God. We're not in a big hurry. It's, we're only four minutes over. By all means, if you want to just sit and take a moment to pray, if you want to just take a moment to seek the face of God, if you want to just, you know, maybe confess your sins to God, you know your heart's not where it needs to be, take a moment to do that. And know this. Our God, the good news is our God loves us. He loves us. And he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So we're going to just take a moment. Can we sing God is so good? It's a simple little chorus that we all know. And then as we sing that, uh, I'm going to invite you uh, to just sit down, take a moment to prepare your heart. And when you're ready, just just come to the to the table and receive the elements. Like I say, you can you can consume them there or you can go to your table whatever feels comfortable to you but just uh, just enjoy the presence of almighty god amen god 